Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another installation of Tapcalf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that spent the last five days in planning live in Halifax. I am one of your hosts, Corey, joined by two co-hosts this week, two other lovely Canadian boys. We have Mr. Eckhart's Ladder, as always. And he winked. That's great for an audio podcast. Hi. Thank you, Justin. And Ilkin of Kings and Generals. How are you doing, Ilkin? Hey, guys. I was better, but last week, a bunch of events happened that made my life much worse. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, no, I just was in the worst place. You're ever. not talking about Halifax, right? You're hurting my feelings. I will start oh. to hurt your feelings. Okay. Well, aside, you, you, you succeeded. That, that was a nice tip. In general, I, I, I felt like uh, we had a nice time with Mr. Corey. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Justin also was around for some of that stuff. Yep. So yeah, I, I had fun. Good, good. Glad you enjoyed it. You have to come back again sometime, maybe. Yes, sir. I'll do my best. We saw a hockey game. Okay, that's that was fun. Mm -hmm. It was a fun game as well. Yeah, and yeah, my bad drama. bad luck showed itself immediately. A team that hadn't lost in ten games uh, suddenly find a way to lose when they were like ahead. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we. Got out. We get went out that night, and then what else did we do? We did the Christmas parade. Yep. It was it was a fun time. Stuff. Yep. Then our mm -hmm. me and Ilkin each had near plane crashes on the way home because it was way too damn turbulent. I still wish we'd gone on the ferry, but yep. you and Dana didn't seem up for it. So I was okay with that, but I saw like uh, the face Dana made, and I I decided that. I don't want to die uh, with her uh, on that trip. Maybe some. I don't think the ferries ever. Yeah, it closed later on. Pretty that sure. Day, uh, so we were we missed the last opportunity. Oh, did it? It's a pretty short um, crossing. It's only like ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, you've done it before, Corey. And you know. I'm very sad that I didn't get to do it again this time. We never made it over to Dartmouth, other than driving through to and from the airport. But it's all ogre now. Yeah, that's sadly sad. Zach and Charlie couldn't make it as yeah. well. But now, mm -hmm. Zach is currently in well, Sao Paulo right now, so he's having well, a. So, yeah, he was uh, oh, he? pointing oh, out Elkin's chat open. <laughs> not uh, not proving his points about having other non-Avs shirts. <laughs> he's got jerseys as well <laughs> and Kings and Generals merch. Right, so, mm -hmm. <laughs> plenty of plenty of categories, but what he's also got is the experience of having read. Star Wars The High Republic Phase 3 Book 1 The Eye of Darkness by George Mann tonight's topic uh, very exciting stuff more like George oh that's, man that's kind of rude Justin you can say what you like about the book but don't be let's try to have some decorum here you're right that's fair um, but we are back to our main characters after an entire uh, wave where we were back, what, 150 years Something in the like past, that. was it? But you didn't read any of the phase two, right? Mm -hmm. No, uh, I might have read one, but no, I, I, I read summaries. Um, I, I understand that Yoda has some knowledge with the nameless. He probably could have told everybody else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're back with, with the boys and the girls that we were first introduced to. I would say the best part of this book and the higher public generally has got to be a few of the characters. Um, Elzar especially is great. Uh, Buryaga's fun. Um, 
Loden, rest in peace. He was good. Um, a- uh, I almost called her Ava. Avar, she's okay, but we're back with them either way. Yeah, like the, I think all the characters are generally good. It's just like with this book in particular, there was even less time to really get to know them. We kind of talked about it with uh, what was the third book in Fallen Fallen Star Fallen Star. Uh, it was like the last one before yeah, the this, last kind of. book of phase one where it kind of felt like a lot of the things that yes. attached you to the characters had already happened. And I kind of got the same sense here where like, I liked the characters. I enjoyed seeing them doing some of the stuff, but I didn't feel like I left the book with really a better understanding of any of them other than maybe Porter Engel. I feel like Avar is the worst for that, where she's got like this big legend. She's very, uh, tell don't show where she's always I mean we did see her actions in the first book where she helps save the cataclysm or like helps minimize some of the deaths she but, has a, some of the other me. books though as well that Voice we haven't art. covered I think she's a bigger that's right and that's yeah that's fair I'm just saying for me personally like it does feel a bit like we hear a lot yeah. about her legend but I I, I guess yeah th- th- it's fair okay, if it's any general thoughts coming into the book that you had uh, about some of the characters especially uh so we basically have four jedi storylines and we have one yes. uh, nile storyline more or less and i feel like four jedi storylines sorry it's a discount vicky shesh yeah uh well i kind of start to feel that she might be better than vicky shesh like there's a bit more uh intelligence and a bit less of uh general uh what's the word wildness like she actually tries. What's her name? Gear uh, Staros. Mm, Staros. Yes, she. Uh, she's a, a senator who basically uh, became a turncoat and joined the Nile, and it feels like she's trying to at least carve some kind of um, position for herself. And she actually explores an angle that makes so much sense in terms of history. We always uh, have. Uh, when the empire like is built, you always have people who think about uh, the expansion, and you always have people who want to consolidate what was already conquered. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of in the second uh, camp, and it's really difficult because most of the Nile are uh, basically uh, mindless fucks, so there's yeah. not much going there. But she at least trying, and it seems that she might get something done, something interesting. My problem with her and really everything about this, I, I quite dislike this book. Um, I even said I might be done with the High Republic after this. I might read the the kind of the final big ones. But like the Nile are just not compelling. And I don't find it believable that even somebody who wants power would join what's just such a dumb organization. Like the Nile, all they do is they they just kill each other. Like, one of my major problems in this book is that the Republic, every member of the Republic is presented as this golden individual who they make mistakes sometimes, but they're always, um, you know, they're, they're always thinking of others. They're always throwing for light in life. You know, even the biggest Jedi has so much empathy for the smallest little rodent, but the Nile are just like, they've got no redeeming features at all. So I, I just, she wants power. That's kind of her thing. Um, 
but I just I don't know. I didn't find her compelling in that way when it's so maybe before like yeah. I think we'll probably end up spending most of the podcast talking about the themes of the High Republic and I guess how that all tied into it for that. But just to, before we get into that, to give a bit of a, a a primer for some of the people who may not have read the book, uh, essentially this is set a year after the uh, the events of Phase One. So we've had a year off in real life, a year off in universe. I think that's probably some of the motivation yeah. beyond the the time jump back for phase two uh but in that time the nile yeah. have put up a giant literal space wall uh which yeah, i can see justin shaking his head uh but so yeah so there's young. some of the jedi are trapped behind this wall uh they're they've been trying to figure out oh how do we get through and so we have the story of uh, two of the Jedi that Ilkin was mentioning getting a storyline in the book are Porter Engel and Avar Chris, who are trapped behind the wall and trying to figure out a way to either get out or communicate out. They kind of converge towards the end of the book. Porter doesn't make it out. Avar does. Uh, then the Nile Senator. I was sure that Porter okay, doesn't well, he, make it out. Okay, he's, he, he doesn't make it out of the zone, the zone anyway. He, he may okay. not have died. But I think I think yeah. But yeah, he's Porter's also one of the OG characters from the first yeah. book. He was with he Bell, was the one think, that right? they the find. He was like uh, surfing. In he's the, like a cook in, in the air when Bell was doing his training and all that. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my uh, favorites. I, I was happy to see him back. Then but, yeah, for sorry. the Nile side, we have kind of the the story of Giristaros, who is the ambassador, the former senator that Elkin was talking about, who goes tries to entreat with the Republic. They say no, actually, and send her back. Uh, and she's trying to convince Martian that they they should establish their own state, become legitimate businessmen. And he's he's not having it. Uh, there's some other minor storylines with mm-hmm. Melis Shrike and General Vice, who are two of Martian Rose commanders now. Now that the former Storm Riders are, I think they all died at the end of the Darkness, which was convenient for them. Yeah. They kind of completely changed like the organization yeah. of the Nihil between. There were a lot of people that died when mm-hmm. Starlight Beacon was falling. Uh, yeah, I was trying to remember the name Lorna of the one D. who got her hand cut off. Lorna Lorna D. D. And, yeah, right. She's still alive, I think. I don't think she's in this. Is book. she still alive? I thought she died. Maybe not. No, uh, she's look... not alive. She's dead. And the, oh, the final okay. main storyline you have a little bit of Belzetafar and Buryaga that are like patrolling the edge. Uh, but the main focus out. inside or outside of the occlusion zone, which is what they call the territory that the Nile have conquered, is with Elzar Man, who is trying to convince everyone that they should do a full-on assault on the wall. Uh, they kind of do that thinking they'd found a weakness, but instead it just gets like 50 people killed and Elzar is like, oops. It's so dumb. Bad. Like, there- uh, I kind of understand why Justin is annoyed. Like, this Star Wars science in its first iteration basically like uh you don't there is it's impossible to create an energy wall so big and so constant that it will basically stop in a year from coming and then they make it grow to like a third the size of the galaxy during this book after the attack yeah so this is this is probably uh again i i like the idea in terms of like um uh, metaphor for what's going on, but I don't like it in terms of its. Like I, uh, so I'd be on board with it as 
metaphor like i'm okay with symbolism with the metaphor of like okay we're doing this thing and maybe it doesn't make sense but it's because it's serving this purpose in setting up the mythology or setting up the the message we're trying to get across but i feel like the message they're trying to get across is also not very well done in this book so it's something that i don't really like done in service of a message that i find kind of milk toast mm -hmm. yeah you, I, I saw you kind of post on on twitter your take that the the issue that well what it says the republic is basically faultless through all of this uh, arguably they make some bad decisions but even when they assault the wall they're kind of doing it on the best available information they have um but it, it's it's just constantly the nihil that that are fucking them over um which is kind of a weird because I, I think you also mentioned this the the prequels really do a lot of leg legwork to show like that the republic is seriously flawed in the clone wars you can see how the jedi you know, maybe they mean the best, but like they're making some serious mistakes. Uh, they've kind of lo lost a bit of their some of their moral convictions. But here, it's basically just the Nihil yeah. are kind of just fucking. Like I think there up. are parts where the High Republic does a better job of this, like in parts of Phase mm -hmm. Two. Like I really liked Convergence. I thought Convergence was great, and in that you had a better sense of there being flawed people working in a system that had its flaws to at least work towards a better future. But if the High Republic at this point is supposed to be this, the story of like how the Republic goes from some kind of like the high point to what we see in the prequels, what we're mm -hmm. essentially being told is it was nobody's fault except for these people who believe in nothing. And if you think about what they're trying to, like the, the way that this was clearly envisioned, like the the social context that it came up in, the idea that it translates into is that there were these former institutions that everyone believed in and were fine, and the problems that they're facing now are entirely because of people who believe in nothing going against them. And it turns like any kind mm -hmm. of reformist movement into an unnecessary or like uh, disruptive force for evil that are all lumped together. And I feel like it's not correct. Yeah, you even have, uh, even have the chance to yeah. kind of say that. Where where the Nile are like explicitly not like they're not a minority that has an issue with the system. They're not any of these things. They're just like shit disturbers. They're like just anarchists. Um, I, I actually saw that tweet by Koy and I. Uh, I will be honest. I finished a book like one hour ago because I was super busy, mm -hmm. uh, and I was trying to find that uh, through line that Koy mentioned in his tweet, but uh, I don't think it's there. Like overall, the message is modeled really strongly. I don't feel like uh, the Nile do enough to be anything more than bugs, as I said. Yeah. Uh, but I always agree with uh, uh, Justin that uh, they, the Republic is shown as almost perfect in terms of its intentions, at least. And uh, you kind of miss some uh, nuance there. You don't. You don't. You don't get to see. Uh, for instance, they give uh, the, the book gives some lip service to the idea that some senators want to uh, surrender to the Nile, more or less. Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't see that in the narrative itself. Just uh, it's said, and that's it. 
So we don't we don't see any real uh, like yeah. uh, debate within the republic. We don't see the real uh, I don't know. Yeah, the flaw with the republic smooth, or the characters on the republic side is that despite their best efforts, in their they just failed to get through the wall. And like yeah, yeah. they they were very Lena So is very intentionally being like oh well. I would like to state for the record that there is nothing that we are doing wrong that they are actually rebelling against. It's like, okay, like, what are you... What is the point you're trying to make with this if we're going to use the... So, you can either have the really good action... Can I, can I, can I be a perfect sentence and defend Linusso here? Like, I think her point is that... Uh, is a liberal. <laughs> There can be real uh, events that lead to some kind of revolution, some kind of uprising. And I understand that the chancellor of a global uh, state would not uh, consider any rebellion to be uh, justified, etc. I understand that. But uh, the Nihil are so openly uh, not stirred by any kind of injustice that it's really difficult to like say that Lina Sosa says something. I feel like wrongly, so you know? that was the choice that the authors made to make them like that. And I feel like on its own that makes the Nile incredibly uncompelling. But they are like that. Yeah, but it, it makes the like Nile that. entirely uh, that, uncompelling. That, 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 and you have that. the option to that, have them be like that yeah. while taking advantage mm -hmm. of other divisions in the Republic to cause these issues. And I feel like that was something that Phase 2 so did better mind... because you had the Path of the Open Hand exploiting the Iron yeah. and Arono stuff, where they were clearly still those people who were doing this for just because they liked chaos, essentially, and maybe we'll find out more about their motivations, but there was at least something they were working off of. And instead, now the message is like, they they just fucking suck and eh, they're going to keep sucking. Yeah, like, I'm honestly. What, what did you what did what did you want them to do? Did you want uh, Markion to get like a backstory that I don't know uh, a Jedi had raped his I don't know whoever? Like uh, it's it's just wasn't there, you know. Well, there's from the get go from. The... I'm from honestly the... shocked they're still they're still dealing with the Nihil. I remember when we talked book one, phase one, Corey. I think it was just me and you. Yeah. Um, you like, thought that they will be done. In, like, I thought they books. were going to be done because the problem is like. For, for one, I don't think from like a world building perspective, the Nihil work. Like we're supposed to believe at the end of this book that the Nihil have control over one third of the galaxy. They've got, you know, they've got Duros. They've got all these planets. They're they've got trillions of be beings inside their space, and they can somehow this ragtag group manage to to hold down a rebellion. Yeah. Which it makes it makes no sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. That I do is like uh, you can't expect them to. Uh be able to hold against all these planets like even uh even like middle-sized planets have yeah. some kind they of they took ariadu which is the baseline is making so the new small. republic fleet no they didn't take Ariadu. but they're they just on the border Ariadu. of it actually yeah yeah actually I, I was looking for that so uh the system Ariadu is is called uh it's in the system they yeah. bisected so uh in the first book in the first book yeah, Ariadu, there's like an Ariadu fleet yeah, destroyed uh, almost a third of the Nile in one battle. Mm -hmm. And I think Ariadans basically gave a blood off or something that they will destroy Nile whenever they find them. So uh, uh, when the uh, Stormwall expanded, Ariadans was just outside it. 
Right. Exactly. Uh, they were planning to create a way out of action at that point. So, it's just uh, from like a world building perspective, I, I don't think, and like, it, like them over expanding is part of the point. But even on like a basic level, I just, I don't think it makes sense. And from like thematically, I, they're just not compelling. Like they're, they're the most generic. Oh, you know, if, if I was going to play like, you know, the new Spider-Man game has basically like oh, generic bad guy enemy that likes punk music and anarchism. It's like there's nothing there. And I, I just really thought by this point we would have progressed to a deeper story. Um, Isn't it Craven uh, the Hunter? Yeah, there's like a side cult like, though, okay. kind of that I'm thinking. But um, I was just going to say like it's just especially where we know where this ends up we know that the nihil unless they're turned into the corporate sector they pretty much go away um it's just like i there's just not a whole lot there and the wall like the the wall it, it takes the credit like the little credibility that like the conflict has and completely just it's insane like it's it's just so stupid i can't i don't like the the characters are interesting some of the book is well written but like for one, nothing happens. You can read a two-paragraph yeah. two summary of this book because not much happens. We do get some that, characters. That, that I'm going to agree with. Like, uh, we get like half of the book is Elsa basically whining, like, and another the second half is basically uh, well uh, whining. So that's true that not much is happening. Mm. Like, for instance, just... the attacks that you mentioned uh, on the stone wall. In my opinion, it would have been better if that attack was the beginning of the book. <laughs> Sure, but I mean, even that is so contrived. Um, like, okay, we can't attack the storm wall because it repairs. It makes itself, the galaxy feel so. Nothing has ever made it feel so small so before. Small. This is something that cuts the gap, like literally cuts the galaxy in half, and then like it's an attack. Like the biggest force they can muster loses fifty people, and this like, is not not fifty ships. ships, fifty people. Elzar is upset. No, I know. Yeah. I mean, like across all their different fleets. So, like. The thing is, there's no reason. Okay, for one, the fact that the wall that there's a, a a malfunctioning beacon, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. They're like, there's a malfunctioning beacon, so we'll destroy all the beacons around it. Like the Nile are definitely going to notice all their beacons being destroyed, and like, what's the difference between having to destroy six or having to destroy seven? Like you're in a galaxy of so a trillion beings. Just put a couple starfighters around that one. That's like, I, 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 just I understand, understand what they were going they with. The I think at the end of the day, it doesn't okay. work because there was unless that was the only one connected to the rest of everything. Then there's going to be other adjacent ones that can tell that those got destroyed. But if the idea is like this one is always broadcasting the all clear, so if we get the other stuff mm -hmm. down and it can't broadcast the all clear, or it's still broadcasting the all clear. That's an opportunity, but it doesn't make sense when there's like there's going to be stuff at the other side of the seven that you're destroying or the six that you're destroying. So it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, they can just sit there and like these things don't fight back. They could sit on the wall and chew it away for as long as they want. They just they don't. And it, it's just like it, it does make the universe feel so, so small. And that's been like a problem since the first book, in my opinion. Um, and it's just it's just very weird. I I I think it exasper exacerbates the timeline issues where it's so close to everything else as well. It's just, I just, it, it's the central conflict in this book is just nonsense. And I have a hard time getting past that. 
I, uh, I, I felt a bit better about the book while I was reading it, but uh, the pacing I didn't like. Uh, basically, we have four groups of Jedi trying to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like as well. I've, sorry, I was just saying that was frustrating as well. Yeah, I, I, I felt like uh, we should have been like had maybe two mm-hmm. groups, maybe three groups at at uh, at maximum because they were doing the same thing, and uh, especially Bell and Buriaga, they basically got nowhere. No, they don't do anything. Like, uh, it was set up like their personal um, struggle against uh, Mel Shrike, yeah. Mel Shrike, I think her name mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And uh, the ship Cacophony. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, this this was useless, more or less. Like, you didn't need to do that at all. Like, I understand that people like Buryaga, I understand that some people like Ember, some people like Bell. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading stuff online, I know that. <laughs> and I know that. Uh, people like writers are affected by fan uh, by the fans. You know, like if the fans love someone, there's a chance that that person will get more uh, lines in the next yeah. movie, book, or whatever. So that makes sense. I just felt like the the pace overall wasn't there, uh, which the, is a shame because what happened in the last major book? His master died in an incredibly traumatic way after he just got him back. So like. Like I was like I don't think I don't think we hear Bell talk about Loden more than like he he thinks about the training ones, but so uh, sorry. He talks, he talks about him once when uh, there's an execution of the Jedi Master. So uh, Bell kind of remembers how Loden died. Uh, so yeah, like, if if you're Which small, is... if you're small like uh, uh, if you're small reminders like that. But overall, like it's completely. Uh, Perfunctory, I guess it's about like yeah. useless time, useless uh, storyline that leads nowhere. Again, I like the characters myself, but uh, it yeah. didn't work for me. I also d- didn't feel like uh, Elsa was doing enough in terms of um, like at the end of the book, we are told that it's Elsa's messages that uh, helped Angel Porter to uh, find a way to send the message to the Republic. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, that was a bit contrived, basically. It's just like these characters all have like, especially Bell and um, and what's his name. They both they both just went through so much trauma, and like the message of the book is kind of that okay, everything is going wrong for all these characters, which is interesting because we're like in the third part of a story, everything is still going wrong for these characters and it gets worse they get very little victories in this book like the last you know 10 percent, they, they they get a couple wins but everything goes poorly uh so it's like how do they remain positive and keep going you know like there's that one section where avar steals the grain shipment and ends up being like oh yeah we're just gonna die two weeks later now and that's interesting but i just find like there's a way to handle or to, to deal with like um What's not Stalin? He's dead. Um, what Elzar? He just basically result. He basically helped cause the destruction of Starlight Beacon, and it, it does feel kind of perfunctory, like you said, where he's he's thinking about it, but he's pretty level headed in this book. And I would have liked to see the characters ha- ha- like struggle with what they're dealing with in a more kind of real way, other than oh, I'm thinking about it. I, I like I posted on Twitter the the most frustrating example of this for me. Was after the uh, the Jedi Grand Master is murdered, 
by one of the levelers. Um, they have like a big meeting. And before the meeting, um, Elzar's going in and he's like, he's like, Elzar knew that even though he felt strongly about it, it was ultimately just his opinion and that everybody had his, had an opinion and that his was no more valid than everyone else's. It's like you're going out of your way to make Elzar and the whole idea, really, this I- ideal, the whole era, really, this idealized version of good that you're making the characters ultimately uninteresting. I think part of it is like there's so I, I many of those lines, like the the need to have all those characters present, that everything they're doing feels mm-hmm. fairly utilitarian and shallow. Where like the the end result of Bell and Buryaga's story with the cacophony, which cacophony and Shrike, I think are they were made for this book. And so, like, you get you you think there's going to be some comeuppance between them potentially, but because there's so much that has to happen, that fight is actually between Shrike mm. and Avar, and what they end up doing is being there to intercept Avar. Whereas you could just as easily get mm. some extra exploration of how Elzar is feeling and have another expression of him feeling he needs to do something by having him end up on the front lines, looking more at the like, uh, how do I get through this wall, and have him be the one that finds Avar. Then Avar and Porter's story are very similar. It's like it's them communicating through a droid, try to get through the wall, and then they converge because of Rail's message. Yeah. And I feel like you could combine them a bit more if you want to have both of them have them be together earlier, because they were kind of mirrored chapters. And like if I were this is the most you can really compare it to is like the the NJO as like a, a big publishing project with a lot of authors, a lot of characters that you gotta get through. And I think that one thing that you can see some trade-offs in between how it's done here versus how the NJO does stuff is NJO, you might not hear from certain characters for a few books, but within a book, you're not hearing from mm-hmm. as many characters. And I think that lets you get through a bit more depth mm-hmm. with them. And I think some of the like young adult books were actually really good for this for phase one, uh, where like the like Wreath Silas got that whole book that was him and one or two other characters uh, with the Drengear. And I thought that was great. And like you had mm. one of the phase one books that was really hard on just Elzar and Stellan. Like you got a lot more exploration of them. There's a bit of some other stuff going on, but you really got a sense for both of them as characters. And I think that's something that was kind of missing here because it was like trying to set up so much. Well, it was more or less, it was more or less uh, Ava's book, right? Uh, at the end of the book, she basically comes to the decision that yeah. love is good, and uh, we, we stand and we ship Eldar <laughs> and Ava. I do. Yeah. Uh, I do ship them. I do ship them, because like, uh, at least that, if they are together, that might stop El- Elza from Move over Akbar. Winter and Akbar. Uh, but... but <laughs> Am I misremembering, or was there not a scene in like the first book that alluded to them like getting yeah. it on when they were Padawans? I can never okay. remember if it was yeah. like Elzar was in Avar or Stellan in Avar, but I think it was Elzar in Avar, and it might have been all three of them. So we don't know. <laughs> and I agree with Corey that the two many damn Jedi, especially in the uh, in the Jedi, uh, what's its name, mm-hmm. uh, the High Council. Oh my god, like half of the people I don't care about. Like, no, I, I like having those names like, given to us at least, even if they end up being a bit cop like uh, yeah. copies of each other in the story. But I just like knowing who's where. So that that I that I'm okay with. 
I just like the High Council is when I, I think about like the decision to make this not a thousand years in the past or five hundred years in the past. It feels like it was almost just so you could have Yoda. I mean, mostly Yoda, and I guess also like Opal Rancisis, and uh, there's Ariel Poof there? and Yoda. One other, like they're still Ariel Poof, but it's like they're not really doing it. Like that's another thing I'm really frustrating by. They're not doing anything with the proximity to the um, to the prequels, and just even tonally, it feels so different that it's just like I, I'm not getting anything out of that, and I think. They would have had so much more freedom if they would have given themselves a bit more time to work with. Because, um, like, right now, I just don't I don't understand the point. Like, that's my main thing. Like, this book, almost nothing happens. Uh, they don't... The Stormwall expands. The characters don't really change very much. Um, the political situation in the galaxy changes a little bit. But this is more like a lot of world building, catching up with what happened kind of between uh the last book and this one in that year and like i'm just left because this is supposed to be the last phase i don't doubt that there will be stuff after you know phase three is over um like the acolyte is not officially part of any phase but it's it's going to be set in the timeline but i just i don't understand what the point is right now and i i was hoping by now that i would i guess and i'm not i'm not like I'm, i haven't been sold on it either like even if even if there wasn't a point, if there was like a story, like a single storyline that I felt most compelling, it would be different to go through, you know, basically slog through a lot of nothing happening. But for me, the most compelling stuff is kind of already gone. Like the the, the finding of like the the paths uh, was pretty interesting with uh, Santeca. Uh, the Drengear was kind of cool. They're I think done. Um, the Leveler uh, or the Nameless. But like even that, so I don't, I don't know. I just I don't know. That's always a problem with setting up the book uh, or the story so so uh, close to the next okay. one, right? Yeah. Uh, because you are basically writing a prequel, and uh, no matter what happens in that prequel, uh, the story is already told in the future. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go back and edit uh, Phantom Menace and add. Uh, occlusion zone around Nabu, for instance. Like yeah. at this point, it's done, and uh, you can't go back. I don't know to the Revenge of the Sith and add levels to get rid of the Jedi. Like uh, it's all already done. Uh, so it's always difficult to tell a story that's a prequel uh, without uh, without being like too far away from the from it. In terms mm-hmm. of I think the the nameless for me are probably that plot thread that I find the most compelling. And like even though I wasn't quite as high on Cataclysm as Convergence, I did still find that stuff interesting. But in here, there's a bit less of that. And like you're saying, it is it is very world building heavy. But a lot of that world building I did find to like be like the Stormwall that I didn't really appreciate. So it ends up making me appreciate the book less. But like with the with some of the conflict stuff that we were talking about at the start. There was one exchange, I guess, between uh, between Master Tar and Elzar in the middle of the book with one of the the council meetings, where they were talking about. Um, uh, Is that the Grandmaster? The new Grandmaster? Uh, was he a Grandmaster? I don't remember. Master. Maybe, yeah. But the uh, like they're talking about. Uh, 
we need to find Martian and stop him. We figure out how he's controlling the storm wall and bring it down for good. That's what Elzar says. Then Master Tar says, mm-hmm. it sounds so simple. And Elzar says, uh, it is simple and not so different tactics from the Nile would use themselves. Punch a way in, do what needs to be done. Sometimes to defeat your enemy, you have to think like it. And then they, they do the whole, like, oh, if we employ the tactics of the enemy, what separates us from them? So it's the kind of, like, means justify the ends thing. But the means they're discussing is literally just hyperspace jumping in. And it's it's yeah. not... It's like, be flexible. Yeah. Like, it's lip yeah. service to the idea that there is some moral conflict we're looking at here. But when the moral conflict is, hey, look at these guys who want to fuck some shit up versus we don't want to fuck some shit up and we're not going to talk about any other flaws that we do have that might be being exploited. Like, if there was some divide that was being exploited by them, like there were in Phase 2, I'd find that more compelling. If the world building didn't mostly involve the storm wall, I'd find that more compelling. If the character stories... For, like, for instance, a good storyline that was in the uh, second book of the first phase was uh, the idea that not everyone is super happy that the public is expanding into the uh, into the ex- region, mm-hmm. and uh, like you, you, and that's kind of like makes sense in in terms of real world history too. Uh, you can uh, tell a story where like okay. The public expanding brings uh, trade, etc. But some people are unhappy with it for for whatever reason, and that, those uh, people join the Nihil because they don't want the public to expand. Except every, like, except every Nihil we meet is like a fucking steampunk yeah. mutilating weirdo. Yeah, like I get so. the idea is that oh we want to show the golden age where good is good and evil is evil, but for nineteen books that's not compelling on its own. And nineteen. Mm-hmm. Well, nineteen books. I'm just using NJO numbers, I guess. But uh, we're at what five, six adult books now. Probably six young adult books. And oh, there's definitely been more than nineteen in total. We're, for we're sure. getting up there. If you count like and the really short ones. Like it just when there's the there's like the background statement of like oh this isn't one of those like it, when they go out of their way to say like. This isn't one of the groups that has a legitimate claim to some sort of grievance. It's like, okay, maybe talk a little bit about that and like Yeah, maybe it'd be a more yeah, interesting story. Like, if when they you were. think about what are they trying to do by doing that, I think it's a very clear attempt at what they're trying to do with like talk about how, oh, these institutions used to be great and the problems with the institutions are just some assholes want to ruin them, rather than, okay, maybe there are other ways to look at the problems and solve those, even if they're not justified in either what they believe, not even if the Nile aren't justified in either what they're doing or why they're doing it. Even if those guys aren't doing it for any possible reason, like there's, there's so many ways you can go about that without giving like Martian row. You don't need to justify him himself, but you need to have some sort Mm -hmm. of conflict that makes sense or some sort of motivation you can examine and like, there's the hints of like, oh, he just hates the Jedi. What, what does he hate the Jedi for? We're getting to some of that, but there, I don't know. It's just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah, and it's like they, they, they say the same thing that you mentioned. The exact same conversation has when they're about to breach the storm wall or attempt to breach the storm wall between Stellan and um, that tech. He says the same thing because he's he's on the ship with them, and he's like, well. Like, they think they're doing the right thing. Like, what's going to be different if we go in there and just start causing shit? Like, in some, like, you could make an argument for that in the Clone Wars with the Republic and the CS. You can't make an argument in this context because 
there is no nuance. Like the, like the Nihil, they haven't like they're they're clearly evil. They have this whole region of space, and they demand they they demand foodstuffs from planets who can't feed themselves. They murder children for fun. They kidnap people. They use them as target practice. Like they've got no actual interest in ruling. Martian Rowe has no actual interest in anything, it seems, other than chaos and getting revenge on the Jedi. Um, so it's like, that's not a compelling, that's just not a compelling story. And that's the only thing, that's what the entire universe is about right now. Like, I, ca- I cannot read another another fucking chapter about Avar Chris saving some, saving some village and then crying because it's not enough. And like the the writers congratulating themselves almost for making such a such an ethical uh, character, or like, or the or the and then switch to a chapter about the Nihil where they're seeing who can stomp the most babies to crazy rock music. Like it's just it's well, just not I, interesting I don't know. anymore. I, I think you can have the chaos based faction and have that be engaging in a way that it kind of was in. Like it was more so, at least in phase one, and some of the books do it better than others. But now we have such conflicting. Like the the Republic's talking about it as if they have motivations and the, they're also talking about it as if there's mm-hmm. flaws in the Republic that we're just not seeing. So it's not like they're trying to just paint it as if like it's this black and white moral parable because they, and then the parable just becomes. Eh? But the the Nile mm-hmm. are. <laughs> There's points where they talk about it as if like, oh, they want personal power. Like you got to keep an eye on your underlings and your overlings, and then you got to figure out how you're going to motivate that. But to what end? To what to what end? Like at some point, are you retiring with your money? Are you going to buy a yeah. planet? What are you going but, to do with it? Like, is it killing? I just want to remove all age of consent laws. <laughs> but they okay, even undercut that sometimes. That's implied. Where there there's just so many conflicting types of like. They're doing this because they want freedom in the prior ones. It gets labeled that way. Like it kind of jumps from author to author of do the Nile do this because they have this very misguided idea of freedom where they're really going around killing everyone, but they feel like they're getting the personal power from it. Or this very base oh, idea that's, of freedom. That's like a, such a childish yeah. idea of freedom. But at least you know, it's an even idea. The exactly. of An- yeah. Even the verse of Ancaps yeah. are not like that. You know, like it's just not something that you do. Even you, if you want to kill someone, okay, why are you, why are you killing someone? Do you want to take their money? Do you want to like prevent them from killing you? Like there, there's always some kind of motive. And uh, I I was thinking about it, like uh, what makes a good villain, right? Uh, you have you should have you should have style, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you should have uh, real threat. You should be real threat, and uh, you should have good motives, interesting motives. So on in on. Two or three, uh, Nile are perfect. They are real, real threat uh, because of the magic, technology, whatever. Even if technology is stupid, even if the level is stupid. They have style, obviously, because it's really like a fun idea of like uh, rock playing. Who doesn't uh, like evil ships, steam? Et cetera, et cetera. Yes, but they have zero <laughs> in terms of motivation. I saw it in Mad Max. I'm good aside from that. I like there was there was hints of interesting stuff with Martian in this. Where like the the voices he's hearing, I find that interesting. I hope like I, I wanted more of that. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't do more with that. Yeah, I I think they mentioned his father talking to him, but just mm-hmm. once, and they yeah. didn't go back to it, which yeah. was a bit. If they really okay. wanted to explore the idea of like, what? oh, uh, 
do are we engaging in bad tactics to beat the Nile now? Which seems like it might be the angle they try to get to for this to be like the fall of the Republic. Like you could without I, I think the hyperspace discussion that Elzar and Tar had was like really contrived, but I feel like Yoda bringing in yeah. one of the Jedi from phase two who had gone to the dark side to live longer and which is really interesting. Uh, like in this period, they don't kill Dark Jedi. I mean, they don't really kill them in the Republic or the Clone Wars either. They kind of just usually leave. Well, if they can be killed, they are killed. Like here, he no, comes. No, I wouldn't say that. They've got yeah. all those twelve Jedi who leave, and some of them go. Well, evil it says and... it says he's using but the dark side, so he's like know. epistemologically evil based on how Star Wars works. But I don't know if he's yeah. ever like killed anyone he's just doing some messed up necromancy to keep himself alive which they're all kind of skeeved out by because dark side is dark side but if he hasn't killed anyone the republic's probably cool with it necromancy implies that you are killing someone you know no well he's keeping himself somebody isn't it revived he i was gonna say he was borrowing some power from henry kissinger but that's gone now yay but uh so you had one joke and now it's gone I need to. I, I once Jimmy I'm, Carter's no, dead, I'm not. Saying, gonna I'm not saying that name because I've been way <laughs> too on top of this recently. Um, so you guys might find it interesting. We actually have an obituary, obituary rated, uh, ready for Jimmy Carter for one haven't? year now, and every time, yeah, and every time I look at the script, I'm like, really, you write it one year ago. <laughs> Yeah, you weren't prepared. I need to go back and check if Kissinger is mentioned <laughs> in that script. <laughs> um, so I, I posted. <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I posted the other day on on Twitter about <clears throat> about how it's kind of a it's it's just too basic. Kind of what I would talk about. It feels too basic of good versus evil. And people pointed out, yeah, but that's what Star Wars always is. Like the rebels are unequivocally good and the Empire is unequivocally evil. And I was like. That was a good point. I was thinking about it. The difference is like the the Empire and also the Sith are at least rooted in real world evils. Like you can understand how the Empire became the Empire. You've got, you know, a fascist regime and you've got soldiers who are just following orders like that. We understand how stormtroopers become stormtroopers and we understand why the emperor would want to be the emperor? He's got you know, he, he's a power hungry douchebag, you know. All these imperials are power hungry douchebags. They're, everything's good for them, so who cares what happens to, uh, you know, the underlings and the average person? With the Sith, it's kind of the same thing. Like like they they're corrupted, but everyone I think kind of understands the desire of wanting more power and selfishness. And there's all always moments like when you're reading a Star Wars book and you think. You know, I kind of understand why um, Anakin or like why Jason chose to just kill this guy instead of, you know, doing the Jedi thing. Well, with the Nihil, it's like they just there's no you don't really see the spoils of being like you. There's some allusion to them having some wealth and, and whatnot, but their lives are so shitty and there's no like philosophical basis for wanting to be the Nihil aside from chaos is good. And every single Nihil that we meet pretty much with the exception of a few is like an irredeemable asshole. So, so it's basically like Justin said that fascism is okay and NCAP is not. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exact. No, but I, 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 I know what you mean. I know. What yeah. You no, mean. I, I, yeah, that, that's what I said. But um, in terms I, of story, it doesn't so, make sense. Like yeah. obviously, you prefer uh, stupid. And even people if you're like, if you want to be, if you want to have an end cap faction that like isn't like cartoonishly stupid, like I think that could work. Um, yeah. But this doesn't. So in the first book, when the great um, hyperspace disaster hyperspace disaster happens, uh, Avil and um, what's his face, uh, Stellan, Stel- Elzar? not Stellan, the other one, uh, Elzar, they go and then they find Santeca clan and they kind of talk about the whole hyperspace, etc., etc. Do you guys remember that portion? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and now that uh, hyperspace became even more important because of that blockade, it's kind of interesting that uh, the Santeca clan doesn't pop up again. I wonder if they will be mm. featured in the future book or like mm-hmm. comics or something like that. Well, is Mari dead? Yeah, I mean, I thought she okay. did. She's, she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. She's dead. Uh, I think they basically turned uh, her into a druid, more or less. Like uh, they have kind, yeah, she some was kind like, of yeah. mainframe that gives them. She was like uh, the emperor from Warhammer, where she's just like dead, but hooked up to a machine and. So, I do want to get back to what me more you were quotes. saying, Justin, about like the the motivations for the empire, and like they use the term anarchy a lot, but I don't think there's any anarchist that would see this and like take that like it's it's very much the the centrist lib description of anarchy assuming that it means all this stuff and i think that that's mm-hmm. part of it where like the it in in at least the eye of darkness's version of the nile specifically where they have uh where they have multiple points where it's not just that we can't suss out something that they're going for where there are various moments where Giristaros, for example, will say, oh, well, we can do this now. And Martian's entire role in this book is to say, no, we do nothing but fuck Jedi. Like, okay. So there's definitely more to find out with him in the Jedi. But the... It, it just... there, it, It's clearly a response to, like, the rise of, like, populist right-wing movements but it's a response that frames pre like pre 2016 united states as like the institutions we need to go back to and eliminates any discussions about those so it's kind of like all the people right. who say it's basically the book version of people who say oh we should push biden on this more like put pressure to make things better and you get the response to saying oh so you're a trump supporter it's like no it's basically the book version of that. That's what I feel like the themes of this book are. It's somewhat weird though because the the but republic that's not, is that's in not what's happening. Like, there is no one like pushing uh, Lina Soto to do anything. Like there is no as a faction right, because it's that's grouping like, okay, everyone who's opposing Hillary. that as being one force. Yeah, because there's 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 there's, there's nothing like that in the book. I, that's my point. Like you don't you don't hear about it at all. I understand that. It's a problem in terms of storytelling, but like inside the story, we just yeah, don't I, have it. I, you know? No, but I think that that kind of gives away the the framework they're working in, where like you have the lip service, like oh, there's institutional problems, but we're not talking about those right now. So all of the loudest voices, regardless mm-hmm. of what the criticism is of the Republic, are kind of framed as being the Nile. 
Like that's the only perspective you can get any of this Republic criticism from. So it's it's just papering over any of those issues. Well, I mean, in the same way you can argue that this is like like the conservative yeah. wet dream book because we're seeing the failure of big government and like no individual has stood up against the Nihil. There are these there are billions of people in the occlusion zone. Nobody well, they say is that doing... there were uprisings, but like we don't see them basically. Right. They, they say that some uprisings happen. Yeah, it's like the, the one uprising is the fucking Duro colony who, like, they deserve to fucking die. They went on the moon. They're not planting anything. They went on a moon. I think the Rodians, not Duro. Rodians, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Sorry, they all look the same to me. Um, but, like, <laughs> look at his face. Um, At least you didn't call them Rodasians. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> that could have been bad. We're um, now. Go ahead. No, I was just, it's just like, it's it's it, like the inaction by everybody is frustrating um where like the the republic can't string together more than six ships like if you, if you like if you're a space warfare guy this is not the series for you which is probably why i'm slightly well, biased that's, that's, that's a problem it was in the first book it was in the second book like they had but real, even then it, like i was they had, for, they had real real good space battles in the first and the second i don't know if i'd agree with that cuz i remember Corey and i talking about it like we get we we learn it does the Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy thing where it gives us the names of ships, but like doesn't even describe like the basic detail of what they look like, and it's just it it, it kind of goes back to not just the the like thematic issues, but like the 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 world building issues where we're in a galaxy of millions. We've seen Han Solo, this random smuggler, has a starship capable of you know. Yeah, I agree with that. That I agree. It's like uh, in the. Uh... In the beginning of the Galactic Civil War, uh, the rebels basically take the uh, merchant ships from the uh, Moncala and turns them into like uh, star destroyers. Like, like Naboo uh, has Naboo, this peaceful little yeah. world that's half fighters, people yeah. has starfighter. Like, could the entire Naboo fleet not just solo the Nihil right about now? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess I guess the idea that uh, by the time of the prequels, galaxy is more militarized, I mean, etc. I do think that one sense. thing it does well, and there's like a morsel of like some good thoughts behind the like what Chris what Avar's doing, where it's like she's building up. I'm getting this grain to them, and that's going to solve the problem. And because of the way that it was scaling the galaxy, I was thinking the whole time like, oh, this wouldn't actually change much, but I guess they're going to go for that as if like it does just for the symbolism but then she gets there and they're like okay what about two weeks from now like yeah that that makes sense and then having porter talk to her of like these kinds of small things add up like yeah that i think that's really good uh mm. and I, I do yeah i, like, I, I really i enjoyed that part i think like that is possibly worth the the, the split between avar and porter because there was like they were getting at something there for them to work towards but i think that's my biggest problem with the Republic side of things, at least where they're like, this is, this is one of the few points in this book where one of the hero characters had to change their perspective about how they were approaching things and like came to some better understanding of what they were doing, where Avar realized like, like she was dejected because the, the grain didn't get as far as she wanted, but then Porter's like, Hey, that that's good. That works out. Whereas with like Elzar and Lena. So in the council, they're like kind of poking at that door, 
but they like there's it, it's always like rebecoming the greatness we never weren't yeah exactly what the, the one of the key messages and this is one that i saw a lot of people talking about when i was like reading through discussion threads because i wanted to see if kind of if, if a lot of people felt the way i did is being the best version of yourself even when everything is going wrong you know like doing the right thing even if it's only you know a, a small like even if you're losing even if it's only a small thing do the right thing but the characters almost always do the right thing anyway like when has avar chris not done the right thing elzar man doesn't do the right Twice. thing on one occasion Twice. and it's a disaster he slices chance in half but he also cartwheels the fucking stage into someone's head in the first book i think that was good. Okay, I, I didn't remember that. But yeah, he basically goes dark yeah. side in the second. He has book he has a dark first. past, yeah. right? I, I do remember him. Yeah, um, like I think it it could be interesting if there was like um, like I think what what could be an interesting take on this era would be like uh the Kip Duran Luke Skywalker. Like maybe the Republic isn't so you know behind lena so maybe there's another senator who's like fuck it let's start building star destroyers we might see more um, here and we can take care of this in like three weeks yeah i just think that would have been you know uh, like like there's just there needs to be more nuance somewhere down the line here like maybe it's like i said the senator who wants to build star destroyers or maybe uh elzard is something a little more interesting or maybe even um What's his name? Does grab that ship's control and throw them behind the uh, the occlusion zone? Like something needs to happen because well, I, uh, I get they the idea. Kinda, they kind of uh, alluded that at some point Elzar is going to, uh, to go full dark side. Uh, right? One of the people alive here has to become one of the Sith, right? Like, yeah, I think I that would think be a good twist. Like, if 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 my prognosis works out, I think. Ava will die and uh, Elsa will go dark side. I can see that. That'd be interesting. Like, they're going to do that. Like My, my I, initial thought was that it's the Sith manipulating events. And I, I do kind of wonder whether, like, that that's kind of my big question about this era. Is the Sith or is there going to be some hint of this being a small part of a bigger plan or like a small, you know, aspect of galactic events? Or is this going to be you know, a self-contained story and the story is the story, or is it going to be Elzar man, you know, it was, he becomes the Sith Lord or a Sith or a dark sider, or like, is it going to be self-contained? I don't know yet. Uh, and I thought know, I would have don't know idea. if dark side works around the uh, levelers. I assume not. Because some powers. I mean, unless that's what the Yoda's secret friend is here for. I forget his name. Aslan or something. I don't think so because when the grandmaster is in the shackles at the beginning, I feel like he kind of almost goes a little dark sidey where he like wants to I feel like he wants to do something like he wants to use his anger against Martian Row and he can't, but maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah. Possible. I don't remember that that But what do you guys think? Do you think that this is going to be like High Republic Phase Three is going to end and this is going to be okay, this was the era we were telling a story for a story's sake, which is fine, or do you think it's going to be, you know, I, this was part of something I feel bigger? Like putting the whole thing behind this. I'm I'm having I'm having hard time seeing anyone being able to control Martian. Yeah, like not even control. I I don't even think that he is suggestible. Other than from his dad. Well, I don't know. Maybe his but dad. I mean, he could be, he's, like, he's someone could a, manipulate him. 
like my theory was that he was like a useful idiot or not even a useful idiot like a, he's just being manipulated and he doesn't even realize um like like this has all been orchestrated from the shadows not that Marshawn Marsh Rowe has been like in service of somebody else but that you know somebody else created the events for this to happen like we know but, he's hearing his dad's voice and whether that's like something else about him going crazy or like some outside influence but I, I feel like I wouldn't like it as much if there if it turned out that this was part of a Sith plot. I feel like we get enough of the here's the threat, but actually it's someone else behind them. That's in, in like I, I could see it causing someone to become one of the Sith in this line that leads up to to Plagueis and Palpatine. I could see it benefiting that or informing that in some way. But I don't I don't think I'd be super on board with it being like, oh, this was a another plan by them. Oh. Can I go back to my conspiracy theory now? Sure. Am I allowed? Uh, the idea is that uh, everything is uh, muddled and jumbled because it was... Uh, uh, Nameless? What's the name of that show? Oh. Acolyte. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, maybe... Like, initially, Acolyte wasn't the thing, right? We didn't get it as an announcement when High Republic was announced, right? When That's was right. High Republic announced? It I think it was Because the, the Acolyte sure. was announced in that first batch of shows, right? When Kennedy did the... Yeah, it was it was like a year after the Project Lighthouse, mm. I think it was called. One thing that I specifically remember when the High Republic started is they did say that the Nihil were only going to be a stepping stone to, yeah. to a greater mm. conflict. Like, I don't remember who it was. One of the authors said specifically that the Nihil are not the main... Because th- I remember right. Alex did a video about it, how the Nihil are not going to be the main villains of this era. I don't know. I think it's too late. Like, it's just... Phase 2 is so weird to me, where, like, we're already in fa- the final phase, and we just spent half the time in the past, and I haven't read it, so maybe there's something I, there that I'm yeah. missing. But I didn't feel like I missed anything when I was reading this book. Um Except maybe like some a little bit of background now. Like obviously you you would know more, a bit more about level. You would know a bit more about uh, Marchandor and where his family is coming from, why mm-hmm. he hates Jedi, etc. You would know more about that, but like I don't think it's like super crucial. To I do think like, it gives an it gives obviously... more interesting context to both what the Republic's doing at this point and the roots of the Nile. Like I feel like I. You get more out of that phase for it than you do out of phase three so far, at least from from this book. But so say phase phase three is the last one. I thought that phase four is also no phase three is the last one. Sorry, my dogs. It's fine. Don't kill your dog. It's fine. I wasn't planning on it. Okay, just don't do it. Okay, it's going to be okay. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I, I that's pretty much all I have. Did anybody else have any final thoughts they want to end with? Uh, I'm good. Elkin. Or any other discussion points or anything? So the next one is released. Uh, will be released in June. That's of Tears of the Nameless. And you know, Temptation. No, temptation of the Island Force. of the Force. Uh, hmm. the Tears of the Nameless okay. is a young adult book. I mean, the mainline book. Uh, okay, and the last. I imagine one is... there'll be three, like at least three big books. Yes, three so big. Eye of books. the Darkness, Temptation of the Force, and Trials of the Jedi, which is the name of the phase, Trials of the Jedi. So that'll probably be the yeah. last, the last major book. Yeah, it's the last major book. 
Although I do wonder whether we might they like they could very well announce a phase four um, because the books, from what I understand, have been selling pretty well. Um, obviously, the accolades going to probably drive interest, and we, we're seeing higher public reference. The Nihil appear in Jedi Survivor or a reference in Jedi Survivor, um, so we could get more. Dog, I don't know if I'm interested, but uh, when, when is uh, when is uh, accolade coming out? Yeah, because like even uh... okay, because the last the last book is slated for spring twenty twenty five. It's possible that it's the same it was time. supposed to be out this year though, like and so mm-hmm. that writing would have been happening around that time. But now even Skeleton Crew, which was supposed to be coming out like right now, is the end of next year. Run in next year. So that's kind of well rumored. Rumored. Yeah. So yeah. probably yeah. probably though. We are being light too. All right, anybody, do uh, you guys want to give our ratings for the, the novels then? C+. Plus. C. God damn, he just, he just shot that off. I knew that it's coming, so C+. C+. Plus. Okay, what about yeah. you, Corey? It's a D for me. It's always D for you. That's just what you I, I I do not give Ds out lightly. Like, like D was I, like... I... Okay, I'm not going. I, yeah, it, it's a dick joke. Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I'm not going to say it because, like, I well, I didn't make the joke, but I, I, I don't give many D ratings on this podcast. But it was didn't that. Do it for me. I, what did? What else did you give D? Like, can you check and tell me? Uh, do you have it open for it? It never opens I, in my. Look, look, look at it. Uh, hold on, I can pull it up in a second. Look at it and tell me that the ones you gave D are. Uh, the same level as this one because I think like this is at least uh, competent, if not perfect. Oh, it's it's competent, but it's that almost cute. makes it worse because like it's finely written, but like it's not finely thought out. Um, it's not compelling. It's not, you know. So for me, the actual writing being okay isn't doesn't save it. Like I yeah, I didn't dislike the book while reading it. I. I enjoyed parts of it. I enjoyed the characters like we were kind of starting off with, but like it, there, there was never a point where it really grabbed me or I had any real reaction to the stuff going on. So I, I honestly kind of feel like in rereads, I, if I reread the high Republic, I don't know that I'm going to give it more than a skim. So here's the ones we've given D as well. Battle scars. I don't even remember That's what Jedi. book is that again. The Jedi book. Oh yeah, that one stunk. Battle Stars, uh, Balance Point. I gave it a, a, a D. Uh, we both gave Planet of Twilight a one, which I think is fair. Uh, we gave Dark Saber a D. Uh, Corey gave Children of the Jedi a D. I gave it an F. Uh, you gave Darth Bane Rule of Two a D. Would you still give it a D? Which you think if that? we read it again? Rule of Two. The second Darth Bane. I don't know. I've forgotten most of it, which is not. I don't know. I know that's great. So I yeah. think that your main problem. I remember listening to it. Uh, uh, your main problem was that it was a retreat right. of the first book. Yeah, yeah I, I probably would. Um, honestly, Isard's Revenge. We gave it a, a D. Uh, Champions of the Forest and Dark Apprentice. We both gave D. You gave Champions of the Forest a one. Jedi Academy. You gave a D. And Krytos Trap. I, I think, I think, I think D, this but... one is better than all of this. And we gave uh, <laughs> the so. Rebel Stand a B, both of us, I think, as well. Okay. 
yeah this this list hasn't been up i don't think it's fully Christian updated but and yeah. eye of darkness so. yeah like i don't know i i don't feel like it's on the level of the things i've given uh yeah we we both gave this book the same as battle scars and i i kind of that's fair i gave the same as i think obs just disconnect i think obs just disconnected for me but uh -oh. there we go because i do think this is bad <laughs> so yeah that would that would be a yeah I think are we good. back live now Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like based on our descriptions, we've got we've got accurate ratings here. Because like I don't think I would read this again. I don't think the I'd balance point. Yeah, the balance point being a uh, consistent with you, uh, dark saber being consistent with you, ice Hard's revenge being consistent with you. Like it's not like you've been. I can see that. Yeah, and the uh, the the audio book was really good too. I'll say that unsurprisingly, except they. Uh, the, the that the Jedi Grand Master he used Talon Card's voice for it, like his Legends Talon Card voice. So, I've given so many books to see, <laughs> but I guess that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, that's we've both given most. Yeah, that's C's. the middle of the scale. Then, like we're we're a lot more positive than we are negative. We also have like a we we also have a harsh scale. Where if it's just okay, it's a C. If it's better, it's a B. If it's very good, it's an A. And if it's the best, it's an S. And then bad is D, awful is F. And we've, we've only given two books Fs each. So Those are Planet of Twilight is the only joint F in Tap Calf history. And then it's Champions of the Force for me yeah. and Children of the Jedi for Justin. It's... Yeah. I obviously wouldn't put it at a D, but... I am defending Justin's right to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I would die for your right to give the High Republic a D. I do not think the book is that bad. I will fight to the death for your right to say this. <laughs> I feel bad giving it a D in a way because if there's one group that's gets it disproportionately it's high republic fans like i don't hate the high republic try I say something like saying something book. nice about it every once in a while then it's a nice little tweet that says sure I, i'm thinking about shamel's old man just on this wednesday and you'd be if elzar man didn't exist in this book it would be <laughs> an f just to be clear but um no like what i mean is I like okay, the idea if, of the High if, Republic. If Bell and Bullyaga weren't uh, in the story, would you give it at least C? No, because I like Bell. What did I get? I give like Convergence. I, I think I gave Convergence doing. something pretty high. Yeah, I gave Convergence and Cataclysm uh, yeah, both a maybe. five. Like so. Yeah, so that's an A. As in, as in B. Yeah, five's an A. Oh. And I feel like I might drop Cataclysm down on a re-ranking to a to a four. I didn't like it quite as much as Convergence, and it's like it's really high rating. But I just mm -hmm. want to make sure everyone knows that. So when the High Republic fans come for us, it's just for that man in the other screen. Yeah, you gave Fallen Star a B as well. I gave that one a three. That was the most recent one that I read. And then we gave um Into the Dark. We both gave that B or three. That's a C. We both gave that in we both gave that C. We gave one of the ones yeah. pretty highly. Was the one be oh rising yeah. storm? We both gave a so. 
Like on, I could see and a I'm review woke, resulting in time, Fallen so. Star going up possibly as high as an S and Cataclysm going down to an A or to a B. That would, that would be my High Republic adjustments. Mm-hmm. But like, this is probably the lowest I've been on a High Republic book. And like having the series have a C as a low it's for bad me. timing well. too, that? because we're back. It's just, it's, it's poor timing. I mean, his fans seem to like it, but it just kind of stinks that we're back to the, the, the characters and it's a subpart book. In my opinion, you put it average. So, Ilkin, I gave it, it the was, same score as you. I hope. I think I gave it higher than you. Did you say C minus? Okay. Oh, never mind. C plus. Yeah, that, that doesn't make a scale. Um, I do. Uh, what was I going to say? I am curious to see how they handle the um, Avar um, and what's his name situation because he's like being just friends was enough. I kind of hope it's not um, not because like I ship them, although I do just because I think I like obviously I do like representation of like friendship love, but I I just I feel like there's more going on there. Listen, Star Wars books and movies and media is extremely unsexy, so even like a hint is good in my opinion. I mean, Elzar is a bit of an Anakin, Oh right? yeah, I got rock so... hard when they touch hands at the end. <laughs> Elzar is a bit of an Anakin oh, and they're my. both leaving the Order. I'd be, I'd be cool with that. They did what they can do and they want to just, you know, live a life in... Uh, She's going to die. There's, there's, there's she's the no symbol she's of the Republic's dying. greatness. Though that's Lena So. Yeah, she's. Uh, is Ava is going to die? That's it. I feel like Lena So dying and Ava Chris becoming disillusioned with the Jedi. That's the. That's the the depressing end. If you want to go for the depressing end, you go that way. After she slays um, Elzar on, on I Mustafar, do... and he has a suit or something. I do find it funny how, like, most uh, depictions of Ava have her looking exactly like Brie Larson. Like, it's like they picked that casting just to piss as many people, as many, like, of the people who will already hate the High Republic off as they could. Does she? I think she did. That's what everyone was saying, like, back when it came out. Like, she looks, they're going to get Brie Larson to play her if. uh... Oh, if Brie Larson plays her. Oh, my God. I don't think she looks. I want want to be honest. she doesn't look at all. They but, just think. Uh, okay. I think she, she looks. Does. She looks more like Taylor Swift. You don't think she looks like Brie Larson in the? No, Blade that's of the what Jedi? I'm looking at right now. The I one, literally just googled Avar Chris, and not, literally within the first ten pictures. Yeah, it's because her next Brie, to Brie Larson, Larson is the most famous person that looks slightly kind of like her. Most hated but, person. Yeah. Nah. Like, do, you mean, do you mean this photo I'm sending in on Facebook? Do you mean this photo? The one where she's in the light of the Jedi, yeah. and then her lightsaber is like yeah. down yeah. to the. To the right. You don't think that looks like so. her? She no, looks I'm like someone okay. else right. specific, but the name is not coming to my mind. That's not at all. It looks like okay. my girlfriend. Goes this is who it is. So, not anymore, but like twenty years ago, Renee Zellweger. Um, I was thinking That's Ellen DeGeneres' wife. What's her name? Portia, Portia De La Rosa or something? Portia De Rossi. 
Porsche de Rossi back in like the Arrested Development days. Uh, I could see that as well. Not now. Okay, guys, I'm done. Let's move to no, the yeah, this is this is this was dumb book. I didn't like it. You guys didn't mind it. I think we'll leave it there. All right, next week. Okay. Huh? I. What's our forecast for Eliado? Is Eliado going to kick every? Okay. Nile the Tarkins are going to come into power with this no. by fighting the Nile on the border, and then we're ending up with the the RDC becoming the Tarkins' personal military, the TPM, which is how you get to the Phantom Menace. Boom. <laughs> Figured it out. Thank you for joining us, Ilkin. For putting up with our Jody Whitaker's, especially Justin's, our public opinions. I I was happy that Justin finally regained his ability (laughs) to read. It was impressive, or maybe to listen. Ilkin will continue to be uh, joining us for the High Republic books. Hopefully, uh, now that Justin is not reading them, you will meet someone. Well, he says that, but you know, he'll he'll be back. Uh, not for the will. so for the like young please adult do, ones do, it'll uh yeah dan uh offered to join so we'll just replace justin with dan for that and we'll have the the young adult readers club for that or something but i ain't uh, reading that shit <laughs> i can't read i didn't read this one unless Next i listened week. to it so it'll just be me and justin back in the, back in our happy place jedi prince the final book that is not justin's happy place is that really what makes you happy, people? Like, you have zero taste. Did, did you right? listen to the last uh, Jedi Prince Jedi review, Logan? <laughs> I don't think Justin yes. is happy. So why are you asking questions you know the answer to? I, I'm i just hopeful that something... I would read any single, even the worst, Young Jedi Knight book over okay, this. I, Justin... No, you are, the you are, you are, Coral, you are the Coral Reef one. I would read the Coral Reef I, one I, I before this. I think that's, that's no. overstated. That's wrong. But... No, He's, look at the little fucking shit-eating no. grin he's trying to keep suppressed right there. This is this is bait. But we're about to go play some Beerio. This is just not bait. Let me end the goddamn podcast. Thank Justin. Okay, thank sorry. Ilkin for being here. Thank me. Thank you, Ilkin. For I'm being a good Ontario boy. Yeah. That's important. Old stock Galactic <laughs> Republican. We don't say old stock here. <laughs> Okay. Podcast is ending. Bye, We're about to go pay Birio and stuff over on X2. Bye, everyone. Yay. And doesn't even wait.